All right, Hebrews chapter 1. We'll open with a word of prayer. We'll dig in. I'll give some uh, catch us up a little bit if you were not here last Sunday. And then we'll dig into the word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and your grace and your infinite mercy. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. It would be not the words of man, but the word of God would go forth with power. Lord, I do lift up my mom and I do pray. Oh, Lord, may she know it's okay to go to heaven because heaven's better. And Lord, I'm so thankful she's going to close her eyes on earth and open them up in glory. I just praise you for that. I'm thankful. Lord, be glorified this morning in everything that happens here. We continue to lift up uh, Charmaine as well and Tim. We love them. We pray that they would be, uh, your hand would be upon them as they're going through dealing with cancer. And Lord, be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I told my sister I would leave this here. So if my mom goes to heaven, she's going to let me know. All right. Okay, so um, if you were here last week, let me give you some background again on Hebrews. So Hebrews was written to Jewish believers largely in the first century church because what had happened, they'd given their life to the Lord. They'd been born again. Some of them or some of them started following Jesus. We don't know if they were fully invested. And here's what took place. Many of them were being drawn back into Judaism at the same time. And here's the reason why. The temple was still there. The temple would not be taken down until AD 70. So you can imagine when the trumpet is blown for temple worship, where they had gone their entire lives, when many of their family members were going into the temple and they were, had, had turned away from that and recognized, now look, Old Covenant, Old Testament Judaism was God's plan until Jesus came. Amen. And Jesus fulfilled all the feasts. He fulfilled all the sacrifices. That's why we don't drag lambs in here anymore. Can I get an amen? So all of those things had been completed in Christ, but there's the tradition that we can get caught up in that drags us back into the shadow of what the truth was. And so just like today, the church I pastored in Santa Cruz, probably half the people that went to that church had come out of Catholicism. And what would happen is a lot of them would go to mass at eight o'clock and they come to church at 10 o'clock because even though they knew that Jesus is the answer and not any church, including the Catholic church, it was so ingrained in them by their parents or grandparents, they kept going. So here's an idea of what's going on in Israel at that time. So this book was written by a Jew to the Jews to tell them to quit being Jews. Can I get an amen? To tell them that, look, you're Christians now. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, barbarian nor Scythian, poor or rich. We're all one in Christ. And as you heard me say last week, there's not Jew or Greek. There's saints and ain'ts. Can I get an amen? There's born again and there's lost. And so the exhortation, that's what this letter is written about. Now, here's the focal point of this entire book. The superiority or the supremacy of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is better than Judaism. Can I get an amen? Jesus is better. And we we saw last week in the beginning that Jesus is better than the prophets. He's better than the prophets. Now, it doesn't mean the prophets weren't used by the Lord because they were. It doesn't mean that God didn't have his hand on them because he did. It It wasn't that they were not God's mouthpiece at that time. Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Daniel, mighty men of God, used mightily. People that they looked back at with reverence, King David among them. And we still look at them with some level of God used them mightily, but we don't worship them. Can I get an amen? And we have many today that put saints and Mary 
and others on an equal plane with Jesus. Guys, Jesus is better. Can I get an amen? He's not just better, he's the best. And nobody is comparable to him. Nobody before him, beside him, or after him. And we're going to see that as we go through the text this morning. So last week we saw that he's better than the prophets. And again, we saw that clear picture in the first three verses. So I, I want to encourage all of us. I get it. You can have a family connection. You can have something that draws you back into an old way of worshiping the Lord. I want you to know that the temple, praise God actually, in, in 70 AD was destroyed. And it was destroyed and it took away that option. And, and by the way, the VOS reached out to us this week. Some of you might be disappointed by this. They wanted to let us know they're ready to have us move back. And I had to let them know that's not going to happen. Now we're going to pray for them. Can I get an amen? But whenever I would talk to the synagogue, the people there, I'd always ask them the same thing. Well, you, what, what, what are you following now? Because where are you making your sacrifices? Can I get an amen? Where's the day of atonement? What are you doing? Where's the Ark of the Covenant? You don't have it. Where's the Holy of Holies? Guys, the veil's been torn and we can enter in and Jesus died on the cross. He paid it in full. Can I get an amen? So we don't go back to old traditions and old rituals. We press onward in Christ. Now, I love the Old Testament. If you come on Thursday night, you know I love the Old Testament. And one of the reasons I love it is it all points to Jesus. Amen? It all points to Jesus. Every chapter in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Bring me a chapter, I'll show you. Can I get an amen? So he's in every chapter. So it's all about the Lord and, and God used the old covenant, but we're no longer under the old covenant. The old covenant was always pointing, every sacrifice pointing to Jesus, every feast pointing to Jesus. So Jesus died on the cross, paid in full. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but blood of Jesus, not the blood of bulls and goats. That was an act of obedience. It's what they were supposed to do. They were being faithful to it. But guys, if we stay in the old covenant, if we stay in a religion, if we stay in a church building, if we follow a pastor or a denomination, we've missed it. We don't follow anybody but Jesus. Can I get an amen? He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. There's only room for one celebrity in Christianity, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? So we're not of Calvary Chapel. I praise God for the Calvary Chapel movement. I'm a Calvary guy. But that's not what it's about. I'm of Jesus. Amen? They're not going to have a Calvary Chapel section in heaven. <laughs> Amen? We're not going to be divided in heaven. We're all one church. And so the exhortation early on, is just he's exhorting them, reminding them, trying to get them to move back and to recognize that Jesus plus nothing equals salvation, that Jesus alone is the answer. He's the one that we've been waiting for, no one else. So Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus is better. And as we talked about last week, he's better than the prophets. We'll see, we saw that last week. Today, we're going to see he's better than the angels. We're going to see he's better than Moses. He's better than Aaron. He's better than the law. Jesus is just plain better. So when you remember, when you think of the book of Hebrews, just remember Jesus is better. Because he's better, we run to him, not from him. Amen? So don't put your faith in a baptismal card. I got my, my get-out-of-hell-free card. It's in my wallet. I got baptized. Here it is. I walked in aisle, prayed a prayer. All those things are fine, but your source of salvation is an intimate relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is Jesus Christ, your best friend. Do you have intimate fellowship with him? Do you have a relationship with the Lord? 
And again, the temple was about to be destroyed because it was not needed anymore. We know that the temple is going to be rebuilt in the end. And then the, I gave the three outlines for the text, and we'll get into the text uh, for today. But we talked about the superiority of who Jesus is. That's verse chapters 1 through 4. The superiority of the work he did, the ministry of, so the majesty of Christ, the ministry of Christ, and then ministers for Christ, which is us. So we're going to learn the truth about him, and then it should change the way that we live. Last week, we learned seven things and talk about uh, just a sevenfold description of our Savior. He's the heir of all things. So everything belongs to him. Everything belongs to Jesus. We, and he is going to inherit us. We are his treasured possession. We are his inheritance. Praise God. He is the creator of all things. No other prophet, no other leader, no other Messiah was there at the creation. Jesus said light is and light was. He is almighty God. He is the creator. Can I get an amen? He's not created. He's creator. He is the brightness of his glory, which means he is a perfect reflection of the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what God the Father looks like, look at Jesus Christ. Amen? They're separate, you know, God, the Trinity, one God and three persons. But when you look at Jesus, you see the Father. He is expressed image of his person. He upholds all things by the word of his power. God holds everything in his hand. Jesus holds the whole world in his hand. We've heard that song, got the whole world in his hand. Well, he truly does. And Bob, that's why I'm not worried about global warming. Can I get an amen? I'm not worried about climate change. By the way, where's that global warming this morning? Can I get an amen? But the reality is I'm not worried. Now, again, we should be good stewards of the earth. We should be faithful to take care of what God has given us, but we don't worship it and we don't make it the priority over the one who created it and holds it all in his hands. Don't keep your eyes on the waves. Keep your eyes on the Savior. He's, Savior, he's sleeping in the boat and we're getting to the other side. Can I get an amen? And he's not only that, but he by himself purged our sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He alone paid the price. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not anybody else. Jesus Christ alone. Amen? Only he was the perfect lamb of God. Only he could pay for our sins. Only he would pay for our sins. And only he did pay for our sins. And he proved himself to be God because he rose from the dead on the third day. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a risen and living Savior. Can I get an amen? Now... Grab your outline if you have it for this week. This morning, we're going to continue to be reminded of the supremacy of Christ, that not only is he greater than the prophets, but he's greater than the angels. And while the prophets were indeed men used mildly by God, men who laid down their lives for the Lord, Jesus is still better. And we're going to see that this morning as well as we look at the angels. Now, some of you might say, well, I've never thought about angels being that big a deal. There's people that are all about angels, well, my, my dad died. He's my angel now. Um, I hate to blow your bubble, but no. <laughs> Can I get an amen to that? Sorry, guys. If I, well, when my mom goes to heaven, she's not even going to be thinking about me. Because she's going to be looking at Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? And she's going to be reunited with my dad and so many other godly people that went before. They won't be married anymore, but they'll be in heaven together. And guys, when we get to heaven, we're so focused. And by the way, there's no tears in heaven, so I know they're not looking back at this mess. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Can I get an amen? So the reality is that heaven is better and we know that God is faithful and we know that God is in control and we, we need to focus on the fact that there's this great fascination with angels. Now, angels are used mightily by God and they were created by God for his glory, not theirs. Can I get an amen? 
And too often you have people who get caught, oh, that's a new, another angel. God gained another angel. He made all the angels earlier. Can I get an amen? And a third of them fell out of heaven. And he's not making any more angels. Can I get an amen to that? And we do not become angels. You want, to, want your mind blown? The Bible says when we get to heaven, we're going to be greater than the angels. Did you know that? The Bible tells us that. So let me tell you some of the things that angels have done, then we'll get into the text. They announced to Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a child. They delivered Lot and his family out of Sodom. They appeared to Balaam, Balaam's donkey, uh, who spoke. Uh, one angel slew 185,000 Syrian troops in one night. And again, and that wasn't even an archangel. That was just a regular old angel. Archangels are even, you know, Michael and Gabriel, right? It was angel Bob. I don't know who it was, you know. <laughs> and he wiped out 185,000 people by himself. So angels are mighty. Can I get an amen? And we have a spiritual battle that we fight. And the angels are greater than the demonic. Can I get an amen? And God is for them. And when you go into the Holy of Holies, before when they would go into the holy place, the angels were woven into the fabric so that angels were hovering above the Ark of the Covenant. On the, on the mercy seat, there were two angels whose wings touched in the middle of the cherubim. And we know that that's a picture of what happened at the resurrection, right? Because the, the mercy seat had angels on each side and they would sprinkle blood in the middle on the day of atonement. The high priest would come in. When Jesus rose from the dead, there was an angel at the top and an angel at the foot of where Jesus had lain when, when uh, Mary came and saw, where, what are you looking for? So it was always pointing to Jesus. He's always the answer. And that's what the angels do. It was in Daniel 6 that angels were sent by God to shut the mouths of lions. In Daniel 10, angels sent uh, a response to their prayers by sending an angel. In the New Testament, the angels announced Mary's pregnancy. They announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds on the hillside. They announced Jesus' resurrection. Guys, it's okay to appreciate the ministry of angels and to even thank God for them, but we don't worship them. Amen? And they're not equal with Jesus. Jesus is better. And again, they're faithful tools in the hands of the master. And I pray that would be our heart that we would do the same. Amen? And that's why when you see somebody else who's gifted by God and being used mightily by God, you give God the glory, not them. Amen? Without him, we can do nothing. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. To God alone be all the praise and all the glory and all the honor all the time. Amen? And we want to be used. By the way, let me just say this. Quick side note. We have four pastors here who all do about 10 ministries each, probably. And here's the reality. Some of you guys have gifts. We want you to use them. Can I get an amen? We want to encourage you to take your giftedness and use it for the kingdom of God. I'd rather we were all doing two things and other people would step up. Because here's the reality. When you do ministry, that's when you grow the most. Can I get an amen to that? And God didn't save you to be a pew potato. Can I get an amen? Or, or, or a church chair potato. Can I get an amen? He didn't save us to be the fattest, best-fed sheep in town who sit around uh, uh, and we just eat and we don't minister. The dead sea's dead because it's all inlet and no outlet. Can I encourage you? You know you're called. You know you've been gifted. Some of you put your gift aside for a while. I want you to dust that thing off and get back in the game. Can I get an amen? And I want to encourage you. We want you to use your gifts here. We're not trying to hold on to this stuff. We want to give it away. By the way, I want to see us planting more churches, okay? And my heart is equip, win, equip, and send. Can I get an amen? So if any, there's any way we can help you guys, you know, step out, we want to help you do that, all right? So we indeed are in a spiritual battle. We have an enemy who wants to destroy us. 
And short of that, he wants to distract us. If he can't destroy you, he wants to distract you. Do anything he can to get your eyes off of Jesus. Now this, I don't use this translation very often, but I love the way it, it interpreted this verse as we get to the outline. Colossians 2.8 warns us of the fact that we are in a spiritual battle and if the enemy cannot destroy us, he wants to distract us. He wants us to be so distracted by, I don't know, a pandemic that we stop being used for the kingdom of God. He wants us to be so distracted by the things that are going on in the world, an election or whatever it might be, that we're not being focused on the kingdom of God. This is a New Living Translation. I don't recommend it for studying, but I like the way it, the way it uh, words Colossians 2.8. Don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the evil powers of this world and do not come from Christ. For in Christ, the fullness of God lives in a human body and you are complete through your union with Christ. He is the Lord over every ruler and the authority in the universe. Amen, 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 and amen. And so we need to keep our eyes on the Lord and don't get distracted by chasing after religious things. You know what religion does? I love what the word means. Relingara means relinking. So it's relinking sinful man back to holy God. But what religion has come to mean is a bunch of roadblocks placed by men through rituals and traditions that keep people from coming straight to Jesus. You don't need to go confess your sins to a man in a box. Jesus died on the cross. You confess your sins to him. Can I get an Amen. He is the intermediary between man and God. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. We come to Jesus Christ. We don't run to men. We seek the Lord. Amen? So it's from this heart that, you know, we can fall into the trap of being distracted by the things of the world, but we need to be reminded that Jesus Christ alone is the answer. Grab your outline. Tile the message for this morning. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is much better than the angels. Seven reasons why he is better than the angels. By the way, Hebrews is the Old Testament in the New Testament. And what I mean by that is it quotes the Old Testament more than any other New Testament book, hundreds of times. And we're going to see seven times we're using Old Testament scripture. It's going to point to the fact that Jesus is better than the angels. And see, these are things that we need to know when we witness to people who maybe they're still hanging on to the Old Covenant our Jewish friends. By the way, is God done with Israel? What's the answer? And they're still God's chosen people and God's going to do great things in and through Israel. We praise God for that. I'm pro-Israel because God's pro-Israel. Amen. I still believe the promise, the covenant. God blesses those who bless Israel and curses those who curse Israel. So we want to be pro-Israel. Amen. But we're going to see all coming from direct quotes. First of all, he's God's son. Angels aren't. Amen. Angels worship him. He doesn't worship them. Angels were created, as are the prophets, saints, you and I. He is the creator. Jesus is eternal. He wasn't created. He's always been. The angels were created by him. Jesus is God. God the Father calls Jesus God. There's going to be a verse today that I hope you write it down, you pay attention to it. There's, there's hundreds of these, but this is a great one. When someone comes to your door, Jehovah's Witness, Jesus never claimed to be God. What book are you reading? Can I get an Amen. But we're going to see a verse today where God the Father says that Jesus is God. Can I get an amen to that? So that's in this morning's text. So Jesus is God. Jesus never changes. Everything else wears out. Everything else changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I get an amen? 
He won't change his mind. He won't stop. He won't stop fulfilling his promises. He is the word. He is faithful to it and we can trust him. And then finally, where is Jesus now? He is seated at the right hand of the father. Mary is not seated at the right hand of the father. Don't pray to Mary so she'll tell her son what to do. It doesn't work that way in heaven. Can I get an amen? People have this nonsense. When I talk to somebody, I'm doing a 500 Hail Marys. How's that working out, by the way? The Bible says, do not pay with vain repetition. We pray to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen to that? Mary is blessed among women. She's used mildly by God. And I'm so glad she doesn't get to hear those prayers because she would be mad that they were being prayed. Can I get an amen? She would tell everybody, knock it off. We do not put other people on the plane with Jesus Christ. Amen? And it's got to stop. Because you know what that is? That's a false religion. When you put someone, look, if the prophets were enough, why did Jesus die on the cross? If the sacrifices were enough, why did Jesus die on the cross? If all the feasts and festivals were enough, why did Jesus die on the cross? If Mary alone could save us, there's part of the Catholic church that says she's co-redeemer with Christ. You can get saved through Jesus or Mary. Mary was a sinner in need of a savior. She was blessed among women, but Jesus is her savior. Can I get an amen? And guys, I know, look, I'm all about Jesus and we should be all, that's why I don't say God that often. I say Jesus because when we say God, it can be any God out there. Amen. All the false gods of this world, there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. It's the name of Jesus Christ. And the fact that my mom's going to heaven's got me a little fired up this morning. Can I get an amen? And that's okay. All right, so let's begin there. Looking at seven reasons. He is so much better than the angels. I'm going to read verses one through three just to give us context. And then we'll pick up at verse four. It says, God, so God's the one speaking, who at various times spoke In times past to the fathers by the prophets. So God would speak and use the prophets. Has in the last days spoken by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become so much better than the angels. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, in light of this previous description, who is he? He's the son of God. He's the heir of all things. He's the creator. He's the reflection of the father. That's who he is. What has he done? He holds everything together. He paid for our sin. He's seated at the right hand of the father. But he's become so much better. Well, hasn't he always been better? Of course he has. But this reference here is that Jesus came to earth and he took what all the prophets had done, everything they had pointed to, and he was the fulfillment of it all. He became greater than anything the angels ever did on this planet when Jesus came here, when he took on humanity, when he left heaven and he came to earth simply to suffer and die that you might have eternal life. He redeemed sinful man. He suffered in our place. He did something that no angel has ever done, that no angel could ever do. Praise God for angels. We don't worship him. We worship Jesus. And he alone is greater. He is greater than the angels. He is greater, period. It says, has he, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. His name is Son and belongs uniquely to him. 
He alone is the son of God. Now in the Bible, sometimes Christians, believers are referred to as sons of God because we're his children. Amen. Adopted into his family. We're sons of God, but he is the son of God. Can I get an amen to that? Two undeniable facts. There is a God. You're not him. Can I get an amen? You're not God. You'll never become God. Shirley MacLaine was lost when she thought she was God. And there's people that think they're God and God dwells within me. I was just up in Santa Cruz. Everybody up there thinks God dwells within him, that God's in the trees. They cry when trees get cut down and they don't worry about when babies get killed. We live in a messed up world. Can I get an amen? But the reality is Jesus Christ is greater and he is, it's his name, his name. He is the son of God. He is the only source of salvation and redemption. The word, his name speaks of his nature and his character. The Bible tells us there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. You cannot just believe in God in general and be born again. You must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord for you to be saved. Can I get an amen to that? Well, as long as you believe in something... Oh, I believe I'm very spiritual. When someone tells me they're very spiritual, I already know they're not saved. <laughs> amen? What was a Christian said? Oh, I'm really spiritual. No, we say, I love Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? I follow the Lord. I study his word. I'm a born again believer in Jesus Christ. I've been born from above. Can I get an amen? I'm really spiritual. I'm just a spiritual person. Well, we all are. We all are, are three-part beings, but if that spirit doesn't get saved, it's not going to be happy in eternity. Can I get an Amen. Pastor Dave's being direct. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the Father's given him the name above other, all names. Time was there was a dangerous tendency to worship angels, and the Hebrews shows, Hebrews shows us that he's greater. So too, we should learn to be the servant of all, because Jesus was the greatest servant who ever lived. Jesus is better than anything that competes with him for our attention. Whatever it is that is becoming so important to you that you don't have time to be in fellowship. Now, you're here on a Sunday, and I pray you would continue to be in fellowship. It doesn't even have to be here. I'm not trying to recruit to grow Calvary Chapel. I just want to see you grow in your relationship with the Lord. Can I get an amen to that? And if you're going to a Bible teaching church, God bless you. We're all, we're all one church. And, I'm all, and that's, that's my heart. But part of the problem is anything else that tries to grab your attention, your job. I have a full-time job. Most of you know that. And I, I do my job as unto the Lord and God blesses me at it. But, but my job's not even in the top 10. I do my job as unto the Lord. But Jesus, you know, my, my life's verse, most of you guys know it, it's Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ. It's all about Jesus. I had someone in the grocery store said, I, I can't come to your church anymore because you act like Jesus is all that matters. <laughs> Bingo. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you were listening. Praise God. Can I get an amen? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen? And he is the, the, but when we have things that try to draw our attention away, when we make it about religion, when we make it about our church, when we make it about our pastor, when we make it about politics, when we make it about money, when we make it about, you know, being physically fit. I mean, none of those things, some of those things aren't wrong, but they can't be more important than Jesus. By the way, your spouse is not more important than Jesus. And the best thing I could do for my wife is love Jesus more than I love her because then I'll love her more. Can I get an amen? My children are not more important. My grandchildren aren't more important than Jesus. I told you the reason I'm here today, I know my mom would have said, I've been holding her hand for four days. I'm like, I need to stay. And I was calling John. Maybe I, I just could almost hear her say, go down and give them Jesus. You can come back because Jesus is more important than you even sitting here with me. Can I get an amen to that? 
Guys, Jesus is the most important thing. Don't allow this world to distract you, to take your eyes off the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Um, I'm hesitant not to say it. I'll say it. Here we go. Here come the emails. Jesus is more important than Donald Trump. Amen? And I think that some Christians got slapped upside the head because Donald Trump started getting worshipped. I would see Christians with eight Trump flags. Where's your Jesus flag? Can I get an amen? Don't take me wrong. I vote pro-life. I vote pro-America. I get it. I'm pro-Israel. And I'm not saying he didn't do some good stuff. But my faith is not in the White House. It's in the throne of grace. And Jesus Christ is on the throne. And no one's ever voting him out of office. Can I get an amen to that? And guys, we need to make sure we don't allow anything to get our eyes off of Jesus. Because he is the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. So prevalent today that people make Jesus less than he is. Here's the definition of every cult. Make man more and Jesus less. The Jehovah's Witnesses say that Jesus is either the brother of, or he's Michael the archangel, depending on how you interpret it. They make Jesus an angel. Jesus is better than the angels. Can I get an amen? And they reject his deity altogether. The Mormon church, Joseph Smith, the founder, says that an angel showed up to him and gave him a new gospel. So the angel Moroni told Joseph, who was a fairy tale writer who ended up dying in a gunfight, uh, not on a cross, can I get an amen, that here's the new revelation that you should follow. Now, I love the Mormons. You want to see them saved. It's a false gospel. Because you know what they say? They say Elohim, the God of this planet, used to be a man on another planet, and he was elevated to a point where he got to be God on this planet, and he had two sons who were fighting over who would be the redeemer of this world, Lucifer and Jesus. So in Mormon doctrine, Lucifer and Jesus are brothers. That's Mormon doctrine. And then they fought over who could be the savior, and Jesus won out. So that's why Lucifer is so mad and trying to destroy what Jesus is doing on our planet. And by the way, if you're a good enough man on this planet, you get to be God of your own planet. And your wife gets to be perpetually pregnant, populating that place with all your other wives. Well, tell me that's not a man-centered gospel. Can I get an amen? <laughs> really? I'm going to have all these wives. I'm going to be God of my own planet. Where do I sign up for that? Guys, Jesus, not Joseph Smith. Can I get an amen? They make Jesus less. We make Je- the word of God. He, he's more. You can't make Jesus enough in your own life. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. By the way, there's a verse in the Bible that may have been written in my mind just for Joseph Smith. Galatians 1.8 says this, but if even we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached, let him be accursed. Can I get an amen? Joseph, got a verse for you, bro. This might be for you. This might be Joseph 1.1 along with Galatians 1.8. Here it is. Bro, no angels. Angels show up and tell you something contrary to the word of God. It's false. I don't know if he saw an angel or if he just made it up, but if he saw an angel, it wasn't an angel, it was a demon. Can I get an amen? I have Mormon friends. I have a Mormon customer right now. Not happy with me. We had a long discussion the other day. He's like, well, we're just all brothers. No, we're not. Well, yeah, we are. No, we're not. We believe in Jesus. No, you don't. Amen. Do you believe that Jesus is the only true and living God? Do you believe you're going to be God of your own planet? Well, you know, a, a, a good dad would want better for his children. What he meant is, 
If, if, we're, if our Heavenly Father is a good dad, of course, he wants his children to be even better than him. That's the biggest bunch of nonsense I've ever heard in my life. Put the psychology book down and pick up your Bible. Can I get an amen? So cults, Jesus less, man more, word of God, Jesus more, everything else less. Can I get an amen? Jesus is indeed better than the angels. Verse 5. He's better than the angels. He's God's son. Angels are not. Look what it says here. For to which the angels did he say, you are my son, today I've begotten you. What angel did God the Father say, today you are my son, and I have begotten you? It's nowhere in the Bible you can look. It's not there. It never happened. But he did say that about Jesus. Can I get an amen? So because Jesus is better. He is the son of God. He, again, God the Father, still subject uh, he's the one speaking, says to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. That's Psalm 2, verse 7. So he's quoting Old Testament scripture, speaking to Jews, largely to all of us, but to the Jews at this point, and using their scripture to show them that Jesus is greater than the angels. Amen? That Jesus alone is unique. While both we as believers and angels have been referred to again as sons of God, only Jesus is referred to in scripture as the son of God. Now it says only begotten son. Now sometimes people will use this to, tell, to say to you that Jesus was created. The word begotten there, again, it's, there's one God in three persons. Jesus is fully God, but he did at one point become fully man. Jesus took on humanity when he came to earth. He always has been God, but there was a point where he became also fully man. You know, the only scars we're going to see in heaven are the scars in the hands of our Savior. Amen? In the hands and the feet of our Savior. And so the Father and Son share the same substance, one God in three persons. Jesus is fully God. He became fully man. And then he says there, and again... I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. He's never, he never calls an angel his son, but he calls Jesus his son. Jesus is uniquely God's son. He's uniquely superior to all others. He is God's son. He is the son of God. Angels are not. So point number one there, he's God's son. No angel is. We don't worship angels. We worship the Lord. Number two, angels worship him. It says here, but when he had, when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. Again, the word firstborn, the Bible does not always mean born first. Jesus, you know, throughout scripture, we'll see this. Uh, David is referred to as the firstborn. He had many brothers older than him. I think it was seven. Uh, we know that the rabbis say that even the rabbis who study the Old Testament say the term for firstborn means first in inheritance or first in prominence. The word there is prototokos. It means first in priority. So David became king upon his older brothers and he's referred to as the firstborn. We see the same thing with Jacob. Not Esau, but Jacob, because he was the one, the prototokos. He was the one that was had the priority in gifting and calling and in inheritance. And that's what is being spoken of here about Jesus. And again, one of the Old Testament rabbinic uh, titles for, for again, the, the Messiah is, is 
the two, to use the term firstborn. It receives an inheritance and a special blessing. Then it says, let all the angels of God worship him. That's Psalm 97, seven. He's quoting stuff from the Old Testament. He's quoting, he's speaking to Jews, using their book, the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, to show them that Jesus is the one they've been waiting for. The angels worship Jesus at his birth. Amen? We've all read it. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Came out to the shepherds and proclaimed that he had been born. The angels worship Jesus. Jesus never worships the angels. By the way, the inferior worships the superior. Amen? You know, it's not worship. You know, so it's, so it's always the superior that is worshiped. And guys, the only thing, the only one we should worship is almighty God. Can I get an amen? And Jesus himself. So the angels had no problem worshiping him. They admitted his supremacy. The father commands them to do it. So seven reasons he is so much better than the angels. Number one, he is God's son. Angels are not. Angels worship him. He does not worship them. Then look what it says here in verse seven. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Jesus created the angels. And as the creator, again, he is greater than the angels. And it says there, he who makes the angels spirits. The angels are God's ministers created by God. Ministers, it says they're a flame of fire, not only created by God, but equipped for ministry by God. When you remember in Acts chapter two, Jesus said to the, to, to his followers, he breathed the spirit in them in Luke. And then he told them when he was ascending into heaven to go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. So in the Bible, you have the Spirit with you. The world calls in their conscience. Then he comes in you when you're born again. And then he's upon you. And it's a baptism of the Spirit and dwelling of the Spirit, filling of the Spirit. As my dad used to say, call it what you want, just get it. Can I get an amen? <laughs> and so in Acts chapter two, he told them to go. He tells them to go in Acts chapter one, go and wait and the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. Now, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they were tongues of what? Tongues of fire. And what ha a lot of times in the Bible, you see the representation of the presence of the Holy Spirit made, made, made evident with fire. And he says, look, he is one that's put the fire into the angels in a sense. That's a paraphrase. He gave them the blessings. He not only created them, but he called them into ministry and he gifted them to be able to do what they do. It's the same for us. God calls us into ministry. He saved us. And then he pours out his spirit upon us so that we can be gifted to do what he's called us to do. Can I get an amen to that? Guys, without him, we can do nothing, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And without the empowering work of the Holy Spirit, guys, our, our lives and, and our ministries are going to be fruitless. And this is why it's so important that we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to pray every day. Lord, fill me afresh. Before my feet hit the floor, this is my morning. Yes, Lord, from Samuel. Yes, Lord, your servant hears. And then, Lord, before my feet hit the ground, I cannot do this today if you don't empower me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me afresh, head to toe. Less of me, more of you. Be glorified in my life today. And you know what? Pray that every day and watch what God will do. Can I get an amen? But that's what he did in the angels. He was the one that equipped them. He created them. He gifted them so that they might be able to serve. They were used for holy purposes. And again, angels sometimes appear in fiery forms. In Elijah, there was a fiery chariot, chariot with Elijah. In Judges 13, when Noah and his wife, again, uh, an angel appeared to them as they made sacrifice and went up in a flame of fire. So seven reasons Jesus is better 
Number three there, the angels are created beings. And again, as are the prophets and the saints and you and I, but Jesus is the creator. Verse eight. But to the son, he says, you will, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom, and you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Now your throne, O God, is forever. Your throne, O God, Jesus will return, will reign forever. Isn't it good to know that Jesus will always be on, Jesus will always rule and reign. Can I get an amen? Jesus alone will always be victorious. He will never be struck down. He will always be on the throne. He's a faithful God. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Key verse as to the, the, as this father calls the son God. Again, look what it says there. He says, your throne, this is the father speaking, O God to the son is forever and ever. He calls Jesus God. Can I get an amen? It's going to happen again. Your throne, O God, forever and ever. But to the Son, he's speaking to the Son, and he refers to the Son as God. So Jesus is eternal. He always has been. He always will be. He is creator, not created. And then, it's, and, and then we see that Jesus is God. Now, I love the, it says there, a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. A scepter is, represents judgment. And he is a righteous judge. Now, I think we make a mistake sometimes because we love the grace of God. He's a gracious God. Can I get an amen to that? Grace is being given something you don't deserve. Mercy is not being given something you do deserve. But in, the, in looking at grace, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that, well, grace is almost like permission to sin. Well, the Bible tells us in Romans 8, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not, the Bible says. Amen? So grace is not freedom to sin, it's freedom from sin. Amen? So our God hates lawlessness. Our God hates sin. He hates disobedience. He hates it. He loves us. He's a gracious God. While we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. He knows us best. He loves us most. But that should never be an excuse. Never use grace as an excuse to live an ungodly life. Can I get an amen to that? And when you sin, you should be convicted every single time. If the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, that's how it feels to me. The Holy Spirit head slap. When I sin, there it is right there. That's why I don't have any hair left back there. That's what happens. <laughs> But the reality is, conviction is a sign of conversion. If you can sin and not be convicted, I'm concerned whether you've been converted. Can I get an amen to that? So, and as we mature as believers, the time between when we, repent, when we sin and when we repent gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Can I, does anybody bear witness for that? When you were first saved, you might wait a week to repent. or you know, And then it goes from weeks to days to hours to minutes to seconds to nanoseconds. Can I get an amen? Words not even out of my mouth. I'm getting in my flesh. I'm about to say something. Holy Spirit's already. And oh, forgive me. Does anybody relate to that besides me? Amen. And so that's God doing a work in us. Amen. He convicts us because he's a holy God. He's a righteous God. He's, and again, he calls us to be holy for I am holy. So in his scepter, it is a righteousness that he holds in his hands. And so every one of us, everybody who's ever lived will be judged righteously. He's a gracious God, a merciful God, but he's a righteous God. And the only reason we're all found wanting, can I get an amen? 
We've all been judged. We're all found as sinners. But Jesus took our place. He took all of our sin upon himself. And now when the Father sees us, he sees us through the shed blood of the Son, and he sees us holy. But even though we've been forgiven, don't listen to the enemy. If he does this like he does to me sometimes, go ahead and do it. God already forgave you. Has anybody ever heard that besides me? Go ahead and do it. God already forgave you. He promised. He didn't change his promises. He's a father of lies. Can I get an amen? But there's that mentality. Well, I know he'll forgive me, so I can go ahead and feed my flesh. And then you do, and then you regret it, and you're grieved, and you have to repent, and, and there can be consequences. Can I get an amen to that? So he's a righteous God, and he holds a scepter of righteousness. It's a scepter of his kingdom. He's a righteous judge and will be forever. You notice it says there, he loves righteousness and hates lawlessness. And again, Lord, help us to love what is good and to hate what is evil. I used to have a t-shirt, I wore it out. It just said, love God, hate sin. Love God, hate sin. By the way, those two are, are, you can't be exclusive of each other. You can't love God and love sin. Can I get an amen to that? If you really love God, you're going to hate sin. And if you hate God, you're going to love sin. Isn't that true? Abortion is murder, it's sinful, and you cannot call yourself a Christian and act like abortion's okay. Can I get an amen to that? You cannot slaughter innocent babies and say it's okay. I have Christians sending me stuff, you know, this is why I voted Democrat. Well, I said abortion, game over, baby killing, game over, baby killing, you're done, platform's done. Well, then they try to give me, well, we do this, you kill babies, you're done. Can I get an amen to that? We we vote and we, we spend money, we Give money to the Pregnancy Resource Center. Why? Because God's created us in our mother's womb. He is the one who's knit us together, and it is murder. Can't I get an amen to that? But that's righteousness, isn't it? And you can't say, well, I love God, but I have no problem with baby killing. I'm all right with that. That's okay for me. It's not okay. And there are people that claim to be Christians. There was a bunch of... This is is why... Sometimes I almost go back to Santa Cruz. I got to tell you, the place needs Jesus so bad. I was there for 10 years. Thought I was going to be there forever. They had a bunch of Santa Cruz pastors get together to, to thank God for Planned Parenthood and abortion. And I'm like, I got to go back there. You know what I mean? I'm like, Lord, help me. You know what I mean? Uh, you're not done in Conejo Valley now. You got to stay. And I'm glad. I love you guys. I'm blessed to be here. But it breaks my heart to see people, you know, wearing their robes and wearing their stuff and having pastoral, call, you know, all that. Not, that's why you don't wear, if you're wearing a robe, get over it. It's not about you. Can I get an amen? But the point I'm making is that here it is. You cannot say you love God and you don't stand for righteousness. You can't say you love God and you're okay with all the immorality that's going on in the world around us and it's okay and it's not a big deal. And, you know, I had a Christian calling me a, mis- a misogynistic, transphobic, homophobic. All the- I'm like, I have a problem with sin. So amen to all of that. Can I get an amen? It's, I'm sinophobic. Can I get an amen? And it's okay. Now look, we want to love all those people. We want to see them all saved. But he is a righteous God. And we must never downplay holiness. Can I get an amen to that? And I'm tired of making excuses for ungodly. Well, yeah, they're saved, but yeah, they do this. They do these 57 other things that don't point to Jesus at all. By our fruit, they shall know us. I sin every day, but I'm grieved by it. If you, you sin every day, you should be grieved by it. If you're truly saved, you will be. Can I get an amen to that? He's a righteous God, a loving God, a holy God. And again, praise God for him. It says there, now look at this, therefore, God, your God, has anointed you. You know what's in that verse right there? Now look at it, it says, with the oil of gladness more than your companions. That is the Trinity in one verse. Okay, therefore, God, that's the Father, 
your God has anointed you, that's the son, and the oil of gladness with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Oil in the Bible often represents Holy Spirit. Spirit. Anoint their heads with oil, right? And so here we see God the Father saying he has anointed the Son with the Holy Spirit. Now again, it gives us a headache because there's one God and three persons. Can I get an amen? And all the analogies, just one egg, it's got a shell, and it's got a yolk, and it's got a white, and it's all one egg. That's lame. I mean, we've all done it, right? It's water, it's steam, it's ice, and it's water. If it's all water... God's way beyond any description. Can I get an amen to that? God is so far beyond what we can grasp with these finite pea brains of minds that we've got compared to the greatness of God. Can I get an amen? I'm glad that God is greater than I can even grasp because if I could fully grasp him, it wouldn't be that great because I'm not that smart. Can I get an amen to that? Our God is so much greater. You know, when I was sitting there with my mom and I was holding her hand and my sister and I were praying with her and I said, mom, you're going to see Jesus. Mom, you're going to see Jesus. Mom, I'm envious. You're going to see Jesus, and he's gonna, it's going to be greater than you think, Mom. It's okay to go. You can go now. It's okay. You can go right now. It's better. Heaven's better. Can I get an amen to that? I long to see him face to face. It's going to be so much better, and we are going to be blown away when we get to heaven. Amen? amen. I have high expectations for heaven. I know it's going to blow doors on all of it. Can I get an amen? We're going to, I say this often. When we get to heaven, we're going to see the greatness of our God. First of all, I have people say, well, I've got questions for God. When I get to heaven, I'm going to straighten him out. Yeah, right, bro. <laughs> I'm going to be on my face for a thousand years just thanking him that he let me come. Can I get an amen? <laughs> thank you, 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 amen? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, Lord, I've got to straighten you out. Yeah, not so much. Every knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right? The inferior worships the superior on our faces, and then when we finally look up, we're just going to be not to be able to do anything but worship him because he's so worthy to be worshiped and to be praised. Can I get an amen to that? I want to join that heavenly choir. I can't wait. And so the righteousness, he's a righteous God. He's a holy God. And we see here, he's a triune God. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Uh, the angels were not anointed in that way, that the Holy Spirit wasn't poured out upon them in the same way. The oil of gladness, again, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Verses 10 through 12. So now that Jesus is eternal, Jesus is God. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Then because he calls him again, your God, therefore your God has anointed you. And your Lord in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. So you know what that means? Jesus is the creator. Amen. He created all things. The Jesus who hung on the cross created the trees that they cut the cross out of. Can I get an amen? Jesus who hung on the cross said light is and light was. Jesus who hung on the cross put all the stars in the sky. Joseph Smith, Mary Baker Eddy, Charles Taze Russell, Buddha, not one star in the sky. Jesus put them all there. Can I get an amen? They created nothing but people who are lost. Amen? They're dropping, you know what, there's, I don't know if I should even go there, but there's a Chinese restaurant in my house, and they got that same stinking orange in Buddha's lap. He can't even eat an orange, let alone put a star in the sky. Can I get an amen? <laughs> so I'm not worried about him, amen? They're all false gods. It's tragic. And Jesus is, again, the creator of all things. You're the beginning. You laid the foundation of the earth. By the way, he made us last. You know why? Because if we'd been part of creation, we'd have messed it up. Can I get an amen? 
He made us on the last day, and then even then we messed it up. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Let us loose in the perfect earth. The per- it was perfect till we got here, and then we messed it up. Can I get an amen? And that's why you'll never find a perfect church, because when you show up, you'll mess it up. Can I get an amen? So that's why we need the Lord so desperately. And praise God that Jesus is the creator. It says, they will perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment. Jesus is eternal. Amen? He'll never change. He'll never get old. He'll never fade. You know, when I, I, I don't know, some of you, if you follow me on Facebook, I put up a picture. My mom was Miss Houston way back in the day, and I put up a picture of her. Everybody says she looks like Elizabeth Taylor. Beautiful. She's more, she's more beautiful on the inside than the out. But I'm looking at who she is now. She's, you know, she's fading. But the good news is, it's not who we are on the outside that matters, because who we are on the inside is going to be eternal. Can I get an amen to that? Jesus is eternal. Amen? He always has been. And he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. They will perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment. Everything else, all the other things that people follow, all other ones that people worship, they'll all fall apart. They'll all grow old, but Jesus will not. He's the second part of the Trinity, and he is self-existent. They will perish, but he will remain. Verse 12, like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed, but you are the same, and your, yield, your years will not fail. Jesus, like a cloak, will fold them up. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He's unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He created all things, and he's a faithful God. And I'm so thankful that he will never, ever, ever change. Amen? He's on the, control. He's on the throne. He's in control. Jesus never changes. Point number six there. Everything else wears out. Jesus won't. The fact that he still loves me after my lifestyle, I'm, I'm just proof he won't wear out. Can I get an amen? The fact that he continues to forgive us and continues to show us grace. The fact that he continues to let this planet remain here. Can I get an amen to that? Don't you see things in the world and think, if I were God, I'd smoke them all. But you know what? The Lord, the Lord is gracious, isn't he? And the Lord is long-suffering. He suffers long, but he won't suffer always. Amen? And God's grace is not God's permission. If you've been doing something that you know is outside of God's will and the, and the, you know, and the consequences haven't come yet, you need to repent because they're coming if you don't. Can I get an amen to that? We need to repent. We need to stay faithful to the Lord and to his word. Finally, look at number th- verse 13. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Is anybody else see at the right hand of the Father but Jesus? The answer is no. By the way, what's Jesus doing right now? He's interceding for you. He's praying for you. He's interceding for you. We pray to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. My wife works at a local school and she was leaving the school and someone said, oh, I heard about your mother-in-law. I'm having a good thought for you. And look, I appreciate the heart behind it, but that doesn't do anything. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm thinking a good thought. What is that going to do? We don't think a good thought. We don't, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm keeping good thoughts for you. I'm, I'm, what, we pray to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit and the creative universe hears us. Can I get an amen to that? And we can come to Almighty God. The veil has been torn and we can speak to him on behalf of, of people far away and we can intercede on their behalf and God hears our prayers. Can I get an Amen. Having a good thought, I get it. I'm, I'm kind when people say it. I'm having a good thought for you. I appreciate that. That's fine. By the way, prayer would be better. 
Can I get an amen? Because prayer is the only thing. If we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can say to a mountain, be moved. We can pray. We can come before the throne of grace. I don't need you. I'm going to walk through a, a labyrinth path and think about you. Do me nothing. Can I get an amen? Not helping. I appreciate No, you need Jesus. Can I get an amen? We need to pray. We need to know the Lord. He is the one who's seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get an amen? Praise the Lord for him. And then finally it says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who inherit salvation? So Jesus position. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And then finally, what he says about the angels, aren't they ministering spirits? See, they're not governing spirits. They're not overseeing. They're not in charge. They're not in control. They're ministering spirits. So their entire existence is to minister to others, to go where God sends them, to be used by the Lord. Boy, I would love verse 14 to describe my life. How about you? that we are ministering spirit, that God's called us to minister. We don't govern. We're not in charge. He is. He's the, he's the shepherd of this church. Can I get an amen? He is the king of this church. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And so what are we called to do? We're called to be like the angels in that sense that we're called to minister to others. We were created to serve others. We're not created to make ourselves as comfortable as possible. We're not created to see how famous we can become. By the way, this whole pursuit of fame, just, I think it makes God sick to his stomach. Can I get an amen to that? I'm going to be famous. I want to have my own clothing line. I want to have my own... American Idol, perfectly named. Can I get an Amen. And all this stuff where everybody wants to be famous. I want to be known. I want people to remember me. Here's, my, here's what I had for breakfast. We really don't care. Here's what my hair looks like this color. Here's what it looks this way. Let me show you this. Let me show we're, we're, not, we're thinking about ourselves because we're selfish just like you. Can I get an amen? My family, we're our band. We, do don't, we don't do ussies. We don't do selfies. We do ussies. Can I get an amen? Someone else has got to be in the picture. Because it's not just about me. Can I get an amen to that? That was the word of 2017. Selfie. And we live in a time where it's all about us. Guys, it's all about him. And we should desire every day to do everything we can that he might be glorified, that his name might be magnified. When I get asked to speak at places and conferences and stuff, I never send them a bio. They always want one. Well, send us a, like, who cares? Sinner saved by grace. That's good enough. Can I get an amen? Let them forget our names. I don't send a picture. I'm ugly. I got a face radio anyway. The point I'm making is, it's just, it's not about us. Let's go and let's make sure that God is glorified and they forget our name by the time we walk down the driveway. Can I get an amen? It's about the Lord. It's about his kingdom, about his glory. He's the king of kings. The angels do one thing, praise, worship, honor, point people to the Lord, and they serve him faithfully. Boy, I pray that would be the same of us, that we would point people to the Lord and we would serve him faithfully. Can I get an amen? So in closing, seven reasons. He is so much better than the angels, all coming from direct, direct quotes from the Old Testament. He's God's son. Angels are not. Neither are you. Can I get an amen? Angels worship him. He doesn't worship them. He doesn't worship us. Amen? Angels are created beings. So are the prophets, the saints, you and I. He's the creator. Jesus is eternal. He wasn't created. He always has been. Does that ever give you a headache? Where was God a billion years ago? He was there. Where was he before? He was there. What about before? There. By the way, he created time and space. So he was there before there was space. My head's about to explode. Can I get an amen? <laughs> if there's no space, what is there? Amen. If there's no time, no time, no space, God was there, always has been, always will be. Guys, he's so much greater than us. Jesus is 
eternal. Jesus is God. God the Father calls Jesus God. He called him God. We saw the verse. He calls him God. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. God the Father is speaking to the Son, and he calls Jesus God. Write down that verse. Remember it. Hebrews 1, verse 8. The next time a Jehovah's Witness knocks at your door and says that Jesus never, was never proclaimed to be God. Jesus never changes. Everything else wears out. Jesus won't. And finally, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. The angels aren't seated there. They worship from around the throne. The prophets aren't there. The saints aren't there. Mary's not there. We don't pray to the saints. We don't pray to dead people. We don't pray to Mary. We pray to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. We thank you for sending your Son to suffer and die in our place. We might have eternal life. We are thankful for the ministry of the angels that you use. But Lord, to you alone be all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. We thank you, Lord, that we have the blessing of being called after your name, Christians followers of Jesus Christ. Lord, may we, may we not allow anything in our lives to be more important than you. Lord, we have a vapor of time to serve you. May we be about it. May we use the time that we have left to point people to the truth of the gospel, to be unashamed of you. I pray for divine appointments today and tomorrow, opportunities to tell people about the hope that lies within us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said...